Good day, fellas. Welcome to Uncensored Advice for Men. My name is Josh. I'm your host of this show. On today's show, we're going to have a conversation with Susan David. She is an adopted mom of nearly 30 years now uh, to two or three adult children, an adoption coach and co-founder of Growing International Families Together or Gift Family Services, which is a coaching firm that helps families succeed in being the happiest, healthy, adopting family that they can be and have ever seen before. Susan, welcome to the show. Thanks, Josh. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah. It's awesome. Well, we're, we're so thankful. Yeah, thank you. Well, we're we're excited about this uh, because I know a lot of guys in the in the audience are either some product of adoption, or maybe their partner is interested in adoption, and they've got we've got some questions. I I could say we have some questions, and I'm glad you're going to share that. So why don't you tell us a little bit uh, a little bit about you and how you got into adoption yourself and became a coach. Okay, well, as you mentioned in the introduction, I have three now adult children, and I came to adoption uh, because, like many families, uh, I was unable to conceive. So my husband and I went to a few seminars, and we went to a few support groups, and we decided, hey, we can, we can do this. This is a great way to make our family. And... Uh, because of our age difference and my husband already had two children and also we were happened to be Jewish and at that time it wasn't easy to adopt um, being Jewish we decided to do an international adoption so our first son is from Colombia and from there we decided to expand our family and um, we've had international adoptions we've had my daughter, the last one, is also an international adoption from Mexico. And then we have our middle child is a, uh, from San Diego, so where we live now. Uh, so I have a range of experience. And how I got into coaching was that I would meet people and they would have a ton of questions. And I thought, wow, I'm, uh, I coach people and why not make my niche about adoption, everything adoption and um, hey, let's attune to our kids who are adopted before we adopt, during the adoption, as we're going through the process, and maybe even more importantly, after the adoption, when you're raising your children. So I bring my coaching and my experience together. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so we have some questions that I'd like to, we actually got a bunch of questions that came up from this, from having conversations with some of our audience members, uh, myself included, and then just from other guys that I've just grown up with that um, their wife was considering or had adopted. And these are the questions that they had. Do you mind if I, if I start off this call with some, uh, this conversation with some questions? Go for it. Happy to do it. Okay. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll kind of do a, um, you know, some of the tougher questions first is, you know, what to do in a situation where, you know, maybe the wife wants to adopt and the husband does not. Uh, when you're coaching couples with that, how do you, how do you reconcile that? Because a, a, a need for the woman, you know, she wants to adopt and then the man does not. What do you do there? Well, the first thing I'd want to figure out is whether it's, do I want to have a family? So that's where, um, so I want, that's where I would go with my questions. And uh, once you determine, yes, I want to have a family, then you move to, do I want to adopt? And 
I have to say that that's not an uncommon thing to have at that beginning point, a person and men, tends to be men for some reason, have a, a little more trepidation about it. First of all, starting a family for a man, and this might be sexist, but it seems to be a bigger step for them. Maybe because it's, um, hey, I don't want to lose my wife or I, this is going to impinge on our time together. Okay, so it's a big step. And adoption just adds another layer on it because, hey, let's face it, you, and, and I'm being real here, but it's not your blood and it's not your, you're not looking perhaps like that child, you did the same attributes and talents that that child may have are not yours. So I think men have a little bit more trepidation about it. So that's where we start. We just start talking. And if you want to have a family and there's not another, maybe we might explore some different options for the, the wife or the partner uh, so that we can determine, well, are there other possibilities out there? Because I know for myself, it was adoption, infertility treatment, and I forgot the third way. But it was three, we had three things going at the same time. And adoption came up first, that, and that was the way that we, we just followed that path. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, with guys, and I don't think you're being sexist at all saying that is um, for me, the idea of going from no kids to a kid was one of the scariest things. It was just as terrifying as getting married, right? When I got married, it took me a long time and I freaked out the whole time. And then when I found out she was pregnant, I was like, oh shit, right? Like now it just got real. I just became a family. But um, for this, you know, stepping into that for a man, that's a, you know, moving forward as a decision. Uh, there's, there's definitely a lot of um, fear, really, about that. So when, when talking to the guys who have that fear of starting a, a family, what if, what if I'm not good, a good father? Maybe my father wasn't a good father. Like, what if I'm not a good father? Or what if the kid doesn't love me? Or what if I don't love the kid? Mm -hmm. You know, those are some of the fears that we have. Well, the, the, the family of origin, you said, what if I'm not a good father? I think that comes up for everybody, adopted or not, but even more so, because you're taking on someone else's child. You want to be good at this. So I think what we do, if you're not worried about that, we go back and we look at your family of origin and, and not in a, a destructive way or going through it, ripping our hair out, but some of the things that you did that didn't work for you, because really you are the what, uh, master of your own, what, what is that? <laughs> Whatever that saying is that Larry David says, <laughs> you are the, you are in control of this situation and you can learn and institute new habits that would, or bring in new things to make yourself a father that you want to be, right? So that's what I would do is look back and say, hey, what, what can I do to be different than I, the way that I was raised? Then I would look to my partner and say, well, what do you want? You know, we would talk about that. What, what is it that you want to bring to the family? What do you want to um, uh, teach your child? What, what are your values? Yeah, that it really is a value. Uh, conversation as well. So then we marry, we bring together the two pieces. Um, I think that men kind of calm down when they calm down. That's more for women. Um, just kidding. Um, <laughs> men relax into it when they realize that they can 
that all that they have to offer, all their manliness, all their experiences are as equally as important as a woman, woman, and that they can uh, that they can create it the way that they want. Now, if you're a dad, right, Josh? So you yeah. know that you can't control everything. You cannot control everything. Things are going to go wacky. However, along the journey, you can get some help. You can read books. You can talk to your friends. You can ask your dad. So um, I think I think having that open conversation and the re realization that you that you have resources and that can access them uh, helps men to feel co more comfortable about it. Yeah, you know, one of the questions that come up with with me is, you know, I I, I hear these stories of you know, someone adopting uh, a kid and, you know, the, the kid's a nightmare or whatever. Mm. You know, what if, what if we adopt a kid? And I, I don't mean this to, you know, um, sound harsh, but I know that these are questions that guys face that they, they only have a place like this where they could ask it. Is what mm -hmm. if I don't love the kid and we adopt it? Now my wife, I know, is going to love it. But what if I don't love it? You know, like that's a fear that, that we have and a question that we have. That's a hard question. Um, yeah. let, let's go back to what if I don't love it? Presumably, you're going to have done the work that it takes. You know, love is just doesn't show up, right? There's work involved. So I'm going to make up that that work will have been done. You will be placed. You're going to have steps along the way. And that's why adoption coaching is important because you don't want to go to a, in my humble opinion, don't want to go to a lawyer or a social worker or an agency or an attorney. I said that um, without knowing, hey, what do I want my family look at, look like? What do I want to do here? So you got to do homework. You got to go back before you even step into the process because once you have, you're clear on these things and they can change. Uh, but once you're clear on what you want in your family, you can begin to um, express that in the home study, the, the work that you have to do to be approved to be an ado uh, adoptive parent. You can express those desires in, in that home study and you can hold the line, okay? Because that's important if you, yeah. So, so that homework, that work that has to be done, I think alleviates a what if I don't love this child, right? Now, the second part is more problematic because there are, it's true, there are adoptions that fail. Now, I'm going to make up that or assert that these adoptions fail because some person, some agency, some, uh, and I, I can use an example, has not been truthful about what's involved, okay? And what I mean by that, for a while, I'd say about 10 to 15 years ago, we were dealing with Russian agencies, Romanian agencies, that'd be 20 years ago, um, that were not truth-telling. They were not saying, this child is, is, has been abandoned and has been placed in an orphanage, orphanage, a warehouse, and has not had connection, okay? So that, those are serious issues that have to be addressed. So there are some people that are going to be able to handle that, and there are other people that will not be able to handle it, nor will they want to. So uh, those adoption disruptions, though rare, can happen.
when when I'm coaching before the the before process is so important to get clear about what it is that you can um, handle. Like for my husband and I, we had a whole list of things that we could accept. We knew that we were skiers and hikers and kayakers and bikers, and so we needed to make sure that we had a, a, a child that wasn't challenged in those ways. Now, it's true that a, a kid could break their leg or they could have a problem later on, but I'm just saying I didn't say to the home. I didn't say in the home study, "Hey, I'm okay with a child that has a, a challenge that uh, would prevent him or her from doing all the things that we like to do in our family." And I have to say, little did I know that kids will do whatever they want. And none of my kids really like hiking. <laughs> so <laughs> this is after yeah. thousands of trips, you know, not thousands, but thousands of miles logged in on trails and ma monuments and national parks. So what can you do, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a, a great question. Um, and, and a great answer is, um, you know, you, you're going to put in a lot of guys are going to put in a lot of work. Families are going to put in a lot of work going through the process. And especially like working with a coach, you could say, these are the things that are important to me and my family. These are the things that we want to make sure, you know, work and, you know, don't work. So it, it's as close to, um, you know, fitting into our family as, as possible. Now, what about if, you know, if a, if a guy wants to have a uh, adopt a child or a family wants to adopt a child that looks somewhat like them, you know, maybe they don't want to have uh, a, a child from another country or another uh, race, but they want someone who kind of looks like them. Is that an okay thing to feel and to I, want? Well, I'm, <clears throat> I would, excuse me, I would assert that yes, it's okay. If you, that's what you're desiring. And I'm not coming from a racist view or I'm just coming from, you have to, you're, you're creating your family and you have a right to dig down deep in your heart and say, what can you handle, right? What can you deal with? There are, and, and I was just talking about this with my colleagues. Uh, we did our own little special edition podcast about the transracial adoption, right? And the layers that it adds on to having a child. Now, these are all things that can be overcome or, or you can deal with and handle. However, if you're not in the game at the beginning or you don't see yourself in the game somewhere along the line, then it's, it's best to be honest. And this is what I'd say too about <clears throat> before you get in the process or as you're going through. It's really, you, there are pressures, right? There are pressures to get it done and, and do the paperwork and all of that. But one thing you don't want to succumb to pressure about what it is that you are desiring. At the same time, you might have to be flexible. So, so you know, um, how you want your family to look, look is for you to, um, in your heart's desire to, to express. I would say that, um, you asked me, is that okay? I think if, if a person is, if, if a, a adoption professional is telling you it's not okay, I would question their motives. I would question their motives, not just for you, but for the child that's coming into your family because we want to be clear about what we want. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so I think having permission to say that, you know, like dig, dig deep inside and it, what you truly want is it's okay to want what you truly want. Right. 
Um, so for for guys out there who are going, man, this is what I want, but I don't know how to say it without feeling bad about things. Like if I'm going to adopt, this is this is what I would prefer. Um, now in in the in the process of adoption, um, like what are the differences between like a I think it's like a, a private adoption versus uh, there's there's other forms. I'm 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 very uneducated in this. So can you share with us maybe the different types of adoptions and the the different routes to go? Well, the one route is to go through the state. Okay, and there are 50 states, and each state has its law about adoption. And you would go through social services, and m many of those children will have have. Uh, been in foster care for whatever reason. Some are available for adoption because there's certain legal requirements that have to be met before you can even be placed into their system. So um, there's so there's one way you can um, go through the state and then you can go through another route is to go through the state through their foster to adopt program. So the children would be in foster care and then eventually be relinquished and then placed um, after the paperwork and all of that with you. Uh, there's also the private adoption. Now that, that can be through an attorney and the attorney or, and or facilitator um, connects with a birth mother who is looking, is searching for a family for her child. And perhaps there might be interviews, there might be uh, some time passes to see if it's a match. And if it is, then you'll proceed in that way. Those are usually going to be more expensive. Um, what's legal in all 50 states, you cannot pay a birth mother for their baby, right? But you do have, and ever, all the expenses back and forth are um, overviewed, overseen by the court. So you go in with your list of rent or medical expenses. Um, you know, the, uh, there are lists of allowable expenses, but um, that can be more expensive. Then there's, uh, there's international adoption. There are, um, there are agencies like uh, the Chinese agency, I'll use that for an example, um, where you can connect with a facilitator here in the States and you can form a, uh, an agreement and you would, you would be on your way to China when they located or uh, found a child for you. So there's, there are lots of different ways and you could go on the internet and it's endless, but here's what I want to say about that. Get your questions, like have a discussion before you even start. Perhaps your partner's already Googling online. There are a lot of people out there that, that you can go to. Um, I would, I, if it were me, I might check with my minister, my doctor, I might say my rabbi, um, my friends, lots of, you know, I would call up an adoption support group in, in your area so that you can get some recommendations and hear some, some um, suggestions because not, every, not everyone is reputable or um, what I would say is if it's not reputable, they walk that line, you know, and you want, every, you want things to be clean because guess what? You're gonna be sharing your story with your wonderful child all through and you want that to be a beautiful um you know a good story yeah you know um i've got a question that just came in from the audience that 
it doesn't feel like a good story, and maybe you can share this, uh, you know, some insights, some experience, is what if there's an adopted child that doesn't want to be a part of the family, or maybe was too young to verbalize it at the time, but the, the, mm. the, the, the adoptee, maybe the adoptee, decides the adoptee. that I, I want nothing to do with this, I, you know, you're not my real family, and, you know, maybe younger in life or maybe 18 or an adult, you know, just goes on and says, I don't want to be a part of this family. I didn't choose this, this, you know, like, mm. how, how do you, how do you deal with something like that? That seems tough, we, you know? That's a, we call those difficult conversations and ones that have to be had. So we, that is a heavy duty thing when the adoptee does not want to be part of the family. Um, at that level, I, I, I make up that the trauma, that there's a lot of trauma that's still there. So instead of a coach, I'm headed to the therapist, right? Not to fix the child, but to figure out ways to, ways to communicate love and care and, 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 uh, and to create relationship. So, but one thing I wouldn't do is I, as a parent, the adoptee has absolutely the right to feel that way, right? If you think about it, you brought them in. And they also, and you're gonna hear, kids have things they say, okay? So, you know, you sometimes a teenager will say, you're not my mother. I get it, right? Yeah, you're not my mother. And that's meant to hurt, hurt you, right? And, and to make, give you them, yeah. give to them what you, the, what they want. So, um, so um, you have to look at where they are in their development. When, when you assess this. But the overarching principle is the adoptee, you have to listen to what they're saying. And we were talking about this today. You have to, for transracial members of your family when, and all adoptees, you gotta hear what they have to say. You have to validate, you have to understand what their experience is. It is, it, that first break from the birth family is a, a forever thing, you know? So it's not, it's not something that's going to go away. It's not a fairy tale ending. However, it, it can be and is for so many people. Um, and, and it's different. We are different than bio families, right? We are different and we revel in our differentness. And we have gone through a lot of things that adoption has informed, you know, that has added to uh, um, our raising our kids. So um, now as an, so Growing up, you have to take that age appropriate, get to a therapist if it's, if it's too wreaking havoc, and make sure that you hear and listen and affirm what the adoptee is saying, meaning firm, like I hear what you're saying. Um, as an adult, that is a little trickier because we all have choices, you know, and so I think if you work, if I know from my ex own experience, if you work at being the best parent you can be, and sometimes you mess up, okay, F up big time, you still have a shot. And you get to the other side, you know, because your, your kids, they get older and they realize, hey, you, you did the best you could with the knowledge that you had. You're loving, you're kind, you're generous, you're all the things that a parent is, and they start to see that. And you in the real world, right? They see you out there. They begin to see you as a person. And it, and it works out. I like your smile, Josh. Yeah. I can see it right here on the Zoom. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I love this. I love this conversation because my family, I'm a product of adoption myself. Um, I wasn't adopted, but my my grandmother was adopted, and she was rescued. And uh, during you know during a really 
rough time in in our in our history and um you know i'm thankful for adoption myself we have you know three kids of our own but uh we went through a really hard time you know giving pregnant and staying pregnant and we were we were going through the route we we started going to the classes of co- um of adoption and um you know later on you know god bless us for some kids but you know adoption is is a is a is a great and loving a deeply loving thing for people who want to love deeper and more. Um, but and you know, let so me I, just jump in and say that in the best possible worlds, we would not have adoption because it's a, you know, first families, we want to have a family of origin, first families together. So I don't promote, you know, hey, um, for social reasons or it, it's a way to create your family. If you have love to give, you want to change the world, then go for it. But, you know, we honor first families always. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, Susan, for guys in the audience who have a list of these questions, right, and they're like, my God, I have more questions I have clarity because this is they're, – they're, they're moving into a, a new adventure or they're in a situation and it's tough. Where could people go? Where could guys go to have a conversation with you? and maybe get some help, some advice, some coaching. Mm -hmm. You can contact me at giftcoach at giftfamilyservices.com. If you just go to our website, you'll see our four coaches listed. And we all have different uh, personalities, different coaching styles, but it's giftfamilyservices.com. And, you know, like when you call up, it's not right, jump right in. We have a conversation and we're, you know, see if coaching's right for you. See if, if the questions that you have um, can be um, examined. You know, we have a relationship for a little bit and we try to get set you on your where you need to be going. And I would also say I use an assessment, Prepare and Rich, and that assessment helps me to get two, two people on the same page when it comes to adoption. So that's before. And if you're already have adopted or you're in it, you know, again, we, um, any one of us would be uh, happy to talk with you. That's awesome. Well, Susan, thank you for what you're doing. I had a list of questions that we just absolutely ran out of time, but my encouragement to my, the guys in the audience is reach out to our guest, say thank you, first of all, let's, let's lean in to be thankful. And then, hey, I have some questions. Could I talk with the coach? Because I have some questions. I have some, some thoughts some fears, some anxieties about this. And I need to walk through this with someone who's been through it a lot and maybe who's not, you know, no offense, but maybe who's not an attorney or, or something like that, but someone who, um, who, who deals with all, all the different angles of this. But uh, so Susan, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, fellas listening into this, um, reach out to our guests. First of all, listening into this podcast, reach out to our guests, say thank you. If you're going through something that they could help you with, reach out and say, Hey, can you help me? All right. And then, um, you know, guys, I love that you're coming on the show. I love that we have a, a live audience starting to build and that you guys are reaching out with some questions. Keep those coming in. You could head on over to Uncensored Advice for Men. There's a contact form on there. You could ask uh, specific questions if you want to be anonymous or uh, you could uh, apply to be one of our audience members and come on. So uh, guys listening in, thanks for uh, tuning in. And uh, those in the current audience and our guests, 
stand by one second. We're going over the live questions.